The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello, welcome back. It's a Monday. Monday. Jeez, you're excited. I just want to see how far you're going to go with that. You know, I don't that was gonna... all you had. <laughs> I thought I did pretty good. The, the good thing about it is it is four o'clock, a little after four. The good thing is we're already that much closer to the weekend. See, you just ruined everything. No, about I did. That in- yeah, you no, did. No, I did not. Yeah, you did. It's Monday, dude. Not even close. No, best thing about Monday is that Tuesday's the day after. <laughs> Terrific Tuesday always always gets us through, doesn't it? It does, but got a great show ahead of us. Oh, of course we do. We'll be talking Wimbledon. It always seems like Fetters in one of those epic, you know, like everyone's like, what is the most epic match you've ever seen? And it seems like Fetters' name keeps coming up, and it did once again after Sunday's match. Well, yeah. even if he came on the losing end, we'll get into that. Uh, Jordan Love, David Woodward, getting some recognition. We'll get into that. Utah State adds on to their coaching staff, and he's a local guy. You want your name? Yep. You want to hear from that one? So that's all coming up. We'll also do our what, or I guess our, our five best. Now we said we were going to do non-conference games. You lied. I lied. I actually, well, I'll, I'll discuss why, but we're actually into a different category, and I'm kind of interested to kind of hear some answers from you. Uh, I've, I've actually talked to a few other people as well. They kind of gave me their thoughts. Uh, it's it's good stuff. So we'll get into that later in the show around the 440 mark. Uh, we'll get to the news on Utah State football about 425, maybe 430. Uh, and we'll uh, get you the update on all that. But first. Hey, no, no. Don't forget. We got pick six, too. I'm excited to hear the results of that. We're not you and Eric. Eric's not here, so we're not going to. Well, I'm filling in for him. So uh, on his behalf, no, it doesn't. I'm I'm really excited to see how that turns out. We're not going to talk about it because he's not here. He's in Kokomo. I Beatles as his fill-in. Any spoils that he would have would have garnered, I get. Are you done? No. On Sunday afternoon, this match wasn't done for five hours and twenty. Well, no, five hours and what? Twenty-five minutes? Four, no, four, it was four four fifty-five. Four fifty-five. Sorry, the Boston game was like five and a half hours. Yes. <laughs> so four hours and fifty-five minutes, and it came to this result of the Wimbledon. My gosh. You know, as soon as you think, like, well, tennis is dead, you know, uh, it, it, when Fetter's a part of the match, you know that something special is going to happen. And, and the crazy thing is that everybody, rightfully so, everybody was rooting for Roger Federer to go out mm-hmm. and win this one. Um, and, in fact, it, I mean, it made history in so many ways. Uh, it was the, the, the five-set match with the first fifth-set tiebreaker ever mm-hmm. uh, in a Wimbledon men's final. In, in a Grand Slam. Yeah, in a Grand event. Slam. Uh, and Novak, now, is it Djokovic? Is that right? Yes. Novak Djokovic, right? The Joker. Okay, I've heard so His many friends, names like myself, guy. I just call him the Joker. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. Yes. Good night. Uh, wins an epic, epic match. 7-6, 1-6, 7-6, 4-6. 13-12 to remain unbeaten against second-seeded Swiss in three Wimbledon match, final matchups. Think about that. Roger Federer is considered one of the greatest tennis players ever, mm-hmm. ever in tennis history, John. And he is unbeaten against Roger Federer in Wimbledon final matchups. That is Redonkulous. Yeah, un- unbelievable, and and the Joker just showed why he now has to be considered one of the all time greats. He's in that same that same category because he he was phenomenal. Fended off a couple of of match points himself. Should have lost, and, and should have lost. Uh, it, it was just a great match, uh, you know, all all the way around. And uh, what made it even more interesting is Wimbledon just enacted this new 
uh, 12-all final yep. set rule. Yep. Uh, should have done a little more homework on this. There was one where John Eisner, I think it was, uh, was playing somebody in Wimbledon, and the game went like 26-24, some, some insane number. So, okay, you know what? We'll get in that in just a little bit because that's a whole different subject I want to ask you about because I know it's longer and it creates a longer day, mm-hmm. but who's complaining about seeing the Joker versus Federer? Yeah. No one's no one's saying a dang word that is negative about this match. Let this you go let on them eight just hours. Duke it out. <laughs> let, let this match go. Four away. hours and fifty-seven minutes is your time officially. It was the longest final in Wimbledon history, featuring sixty-eight games, four hundred and twenty-two points, two eighteen for Federer, two hundred four for Djokovic, and thirty-five aces. Yeah, and and it what do you want just, to do? It could have just gone on and on. It, it's just again that with the new rule that they have is that at game twelve, if it's twelve all. Then they play a a tiebreaker. Then it's just a straight, you know, uh, the regular tiebreaker. And uh, you know, Djokovic, you, you got to give him credit. He he hung in there, uh, withstood a really ugly second set. I think he lost oh, the second set six one. Uh, fought off match points and and really gave everyone that was there. Uh, you know, it, it's one it's one of those matches that will go back and bring tennis. People will watch it a little more yeah. because of that. And there are there are other games in different sports where you can say, oh, that one was clearly something that brought the game back. This is one that people will be talking about for years, which was good uh, just, just simp- for the simple fact that the women's match, which had a lot of hype prior to that coming in, uh, would have been uh, great to see Serena Williams had a chance to tie the record for most. Uh, Grand Slam victories in the modern era. She ends up losing to uh, uh, Halep from Romania in, in really just an ugly match. And, and a lot of people thought maybe Serena just you know wasn't into it. No, she uh, Halep played the game of her life, the match of her life, and uh, was able to capture a Grand Slam in in, in pretty quick time. I, I think it was six two six three. Yeah, and uh, so. You know, this this more than made up for it. And and really, uh, just a phenomenal match. Here's Djokovic on being down two match points. It required, uh, first of all, uh, self-belief, you know, and just uh, being as much as you can, really calm and composed in that moment uh, and only focusing on, you know, where the next serve is going to go. I mean, he was serving. Um, I think at 40-30, he put the first serve in and, I, he came to the net. I pass him. Uh, I mean, unbelievable, really. This 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 match, I'll I'll remember forever. Here's the thing: Djokovic was down two match points, and he got there. He, I mean, he got himself past it just to reach, just to reach the fifth set tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. By the way, he's the first one to ever do so, and then win the Wimbledon in a final since 1948. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing, and the craziest thing is. Like you look at all you know, the super the superhero villains in a movie, right? And you just want them to lose. I think, <laughs> and, and what's crazy is the only guy that everyone cheered to win was named the Joker in two thousand eight with Heath Ledger. Everybody loved that guy. Yeah, yeah. And I think the same kind of goes here. Like no one. I mean, Scott Van Pelt even admitted on Twitter, "I wanted Roger Federer to win." The crowd wanted Roger Federer to win, except for like the the eight people, a family, and the coach. I mean, everybody was cheering for Djokovic to lose his match, and he just kept coming back. He just kept throwing a haymaker. And and Roger Federer, who was down, I mean, down big early, got himself back into it via the serve. In fact, the serve is what kept Roger Federer in it Mm -hmm. because Novak couldn't handle, even on his best, he just could not handle the serve. He could, in fact, he talks about it. He he says, well, I, I just couldn't see where it was coming. I couldn't predict it. I, I was guessing the whole time, and it made for a mess, and it really did. So Roger Federer kept himself in it, but at the same time, Roger Federer played not to lose. I mean, he was just trying to hold on for dear life, it seemed, for the third, fourth, and fifth set, <laughs> including the tiebreaker. And, the, and then and the one thing I always go back to, the one point that is going to be in Roger Federer's head for the rest of his life is when, uh, uh, I believe it was late, I think it was the third, it was in that tiebreaker set at the end, and I think it might have been for the third point, and Roger, on a volley that he hits a billion times, and at a billion times, he would probably get it right. And this one time, he hits it just 
a tad hard, and it goes over on a volley, on a forehand volley, goes out of bounds, and then the point goes to Novak, and the rest was history. I think after that, Roger Federer kind of thought, this isn't my you know, day. A shot he's probably made 10,000 oh times throughout his, in life. his life. Yeah, you and give to, him that to 10 other times. People and, uh, oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I I beg to differ with you a little bit on the match. Sure, please. It was a great matchup. Uh, Djokovic wins 7-6. Uh, one six seven six four six, and then thirteen twelve, <laughs> and and you know, Federer. There were moments he kind of got back on his heels, but I hate to say this, and you have to wonder whether it was the same factor with Serena Williams in her matchup. You know, the thing about Federer is 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 he's such a class act. He's you know he's been around for tennis. He's not not a John McEnroe kind of guy that's going to slam his his racket on the court and start flinging. Uh, profanity at the umpire. He he's always been a class act. He's been around forever. You, whenever you're ready to count him out, he comes around and does this. But the dude's 37, and and he's playing against Djokovic, who's 32. You know, five years is a big difference. Serena Williams. We, we talked about this on Friday. Uh, took some time off to have a baby, and and we we didn't realize it didn't come out until afterwards how serious the situation was. For her, that medically she was in very bad shape, and you just wonder if maybe the game—I hate to say this—the game caught up to him in this match. The guy still was in the Wimbledon Championships in the final at 37, and and you know what? Next year, I'm putting money on him because the the guy can do it. But did it finally catch up to him? Did he just not have the gas in the tank to pull it off? Uh, he did go. You know, twelve, twelve, and force that thirteenth game. Uh, but but did he just run out of gas? And and maybe you're right. Maybe that last shot just kind of threw him. Here's Roger Feder on. Well, we got a bunch of quotes here. We'll take uh, we'll take this one. Here's Roger Feder on uh, losing the Wimbledon. Like similar to 08, maybe I will look back at it and think like, well, it's actually not that bad after all, you know. But for now, it hurts and it should, you know. Like every loss hurts here at Wimbledon. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a mindset, and I'm very strong at uh, at uh, being able to move on, you know, because I don't want to be depressed about uh, actually an amazing tennis match. No, not really. I mean, look, I was still happy to be at eight all, nine all. I don't remember what it was. So, um, you know, you try to see the positives. You try to take it. Um, as a good thing, I guess, you know, that you're not down a break or that you're not, the match is not over yet. And if I could have, I don't know, picked it, uh, you know, before the match to be at 9 all in the fifth, that wouldn't be a terrible thing. So you just always try to push yourself to see things on the better side. But, um, um, yeah, it was definitely tough, you know, to, to have those chances. Yeah, that's going to bug him for the rest of his life. Having two match points, both to win it, both mm -hmm. with serve, and he misses both. And just to go show how this year's gone for him, he's thirty-eight and five this year. Good heck! Um, so, so he doesn't lose often. Uh, but, but you listen to him. I mean, there was no complaining. Uh, he didn't come in that that he's presser not going to. and and didn't say, "Oh, well, you know, the, the weather got to me," or blah blah blah. He, you know, he just said, "You know, I, I would have loved to have had those points." I, you know, and, and what a great competitor. And and you know, Djokovic. That's the thing. Everybody's going to talk about what you know what what he did not i'm sorry what federer did uh djokovic you've you've got to give him credit he, oh, he played a, the game dude, he had he is to gutsy. and uh Come on, he's hits down, some amazing shots points. yeah hits and, and and comes back from match points so he deserved it and uh uh you know that's that's again friday we talked about the great uh of sports events outside of the united states and i think seeing what you saw tonight or excuse me, uh, Sunday with the Wimbledon just goes to show why it's just it's the premier event outside of the country. And you know what I love is how they do the whole post game trophy thing. Mm -hmm. Like you don't see a billion cameras run onto the court trying to crowd the way, and, you know, and and get photos and get post game. You don't see Tracy Wolfson out there, you know, just sitting there for thirty five minutes. Well, don't be dogging on Tracy. Tracy's Dude, all right. I, I like know, Tracy. I can't stand. Well, Tracy's okay, not great. Um. <laughs> I've seen much better than her.
But it, you know, it's I love the way they do the post game. It is so organized. Mm-hmm. Everyone stands in line. They honor the referee, which they wouldn't do in the NFL. I can yeah. tell you that. Yeah. They won't do in the NBA. Can you imagine Dick Pavetta? Dick Pavetta, congratulations! You ripped a great <laughs> game in Utah. Oh, that wouldn't go well. Uh, no, but they, I, I love I love the trophy presentation. But you could tell from Fetter's face, dude. He he was ticked. He knew he let that one go. And uh, didn't I, want to be there. But, you know, you, it's the same thing. You know, I watched the matchup with Serena, and, and same thing. You know, a lot of pressure on her. I mean, that's the thing. When you look at people at this level, there, there's a lot of pressure for them to come out and, and perform. And Serena just did a great job, and she came out, and she did her congratulations, and, you know, match well played, and thank you. Um, but I, I, you know, I think that goes back to what's required of Wimbledon. I like that they have to wear all white. I love that they follow that very strict protocol, and uh, and and I think it just it brings a little class back into any game. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Again, Feder trying to become the oldest to win the Grand Slam winner in the Open era since 1968 at 37 years and 340 days old. You said his record of the season 38 and five. The most important record he is 0 and three in Wimbledon finals versus Novak Djokovic. Yeah. Wow. I think he's back. You know, the other interesting to think about Federer's, excuse, yeah, Federer's last three matches were against the number eight seed, the number three seed in Rafa Nadal, and then playing the number one Djokovic. Djokovic's last three matchups were against the number 21 seed, the number 23 seed, and then the last one against Federer. Federer. I think that might have had something to do with it also. There's a chance. So. Uh, so let me ask you about this. Uh, I want to ask you, you brought it up earlier, and I think it's a great point to bring up because it's controversial, if at best. What do you think about the tiebreaker to end it all? Do you like it? or do you, I mean, I mean, we talked about the overtime rules in, in the NFL where Tom Brady got the ball first. They beat Kansas City. If there's a split end possession where the other team gets it as well, who knows how long that game goes between Kansas City and New England. Here we are in the Wimbledon final. And instead of just going and going and going until we've got a winner, it is a tiebreaker set, first one to six wins, uh, and it's over. And mm-hmm. so Novak ends up winning. Yeah. What are your thoughts? No, seven. Um, seven, sorry. So, all right. Ultimately, when you look at whether they just continue to go game after game after game until you 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 know finally win by two, uh, you, you still have to that, – that tiebreaker could go – 21 points to, to 19 points. I mean, it could go on and on. I love the idea of playing a final set that's, you know, 30-28. Uh, the players probably don't, and, and physically it can cause some strain. But when you look at that compared to the NFL rule, which you just brought up, that's a luck of the draw. I mean, that's a, that's a luck of a, flip, a, a flipped coin. So, you know what? Uh, you know, it's, it's Ajay... For the Patriots and John for the Bears, Ajay gets the coin flip. You know, the argument's, well, okay, John, now your defense has to step up and stop them. But it's, I, I don't think that's fair because in tennis, you get the first serve. That's like saying you get the, you know, we flip a coin, you get the first serve, you get an ace, game over. It, 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 it's not fair. So, you know, from the standpoint of do I like the rule, yes, I, I think it's something that they had to put in place because you were going to end up with final sets that were just insanely long and you were you were subjecting the players. But don't you want that, man? Oh, yeah, of course you do. But it's still, when you hit that tiebreaker, it's not a matter of, okay, tiebreaker, Ajay, you have the first serve. Oh, he got an ace, game over, that's it. You still have to get to seven and by two. And if if it goes longer than that, then, then that's all the better. So that's where your excitement is. And now instead of a game... It, now you get to the point where it is a point. I mean, you look at the rule in, in college football. You know, they get to the point where they have to try it for, for two points. And if uh, the Aggies get a two-pointer against Boise, and then two, Boise has to come down, that two-pointer is the game. So, yeah, I, I liked it. But, you know, the Brits, you know, they do everything very in a very conservative, classy <laughs> way. So, you know, I'm good with that. I love so, it. I'm good with it. All right. Again, Novak. Djokovic is your winner in the men's final. And then who beat Serena again? Ramona Hellop. 
Dude, I, I'm t- I mean, come on. Like, Serena, and the fact that, as you said, I didn't see the women's final, but you said, I mean, Serena just got dominated yeah. from the get-go. It's just so stunning to me. The, it was one where the, the match was just never in doubt. Um, I'm sorry, it's Simona, not Ramona. She went 6-2, 6 Oh, my god! And just absolutely dominated it. And when they talked to Serena afterwards, she's like, what do you want me to do? She, <laughs> she won. She killed me today. Um, and, and that's the way it was. And you would have liked to have seen a little more uh, of, of an exciting matchup. And I know a lot of people were pulling for Serena uh, just for the fact that, you know, so many things going on with her. And, again, the opportunity for her to, to tie a record. But, again, um, you know, 37 years old, she's gone with the, gone through what she has, and, and maybe she just, after a long tournament, just didn't have the juice to get her through. All right, coming back, we're going to talk about, a little bit of Utah State football. Jordan Love, David Woodward getting some recognition. Preseason hype, it's still coming. And Utah State adds to their offensive staff, and he's a local. You'll like it. Well, that's all coming up here on the Full Court Press. John Russell, LJ Salveson on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. John Russell, Audrey Salveson, 423 your time here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, the fan is the full court press. Eric out for the week. Hey, before you get a rolling. What? Two things. No, what? no, don't give me the look. These are good things. Today is a special day. Oh. It's a very special yes, day. It and is. I think we need to give a shout out. Our our good friend. Oh my gosh. The voice of the Aggies, yes. Mr. Al Lewis. Yes. Happy birthday. Happy 80th, my man. <laughs> Oh, okay. dude. That's Ajay, by the way. I'm, I want no part of that. <laughs> hey, you pay me to do it. No, 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 no. Uh, boy, everybody loves Al, uh, knows Aggie sports I like no, no one else. This is, what, is this, what is this doing here? I'm... Happy birthday, dear Al Lewis. Happy birthday to you. That's why we uh, we uh, only do talk radio. Oh my uh, gosh! There's it a big is reason. Al's there, so. birthday, Al. So happy birthday, to Al! You know, and, and the thing is, Al's Al is unbelievable in the knowledge that he has. Um, you know, he'll tell you what seat they pulled out to expand a stadium. You know, he knows that much. But but just a great guy all the way around, and I uh, love and, him. and uh, super guy. And you know and what? So happy birthday, to a Al! A legend. An absolute legend wherever you go here so, in the Valley. And um, one more thing. So on, on that note, certainly want to uh, congratulate Al on, on uh, another year of putting up with uh, the rest of us nut jobs here at KPNU. It's gotten better but, since I got here. Uh, no, it's gotten worse. <laughs> Gone downhill fast. But uh, some we're going to talk a little Utah State uh, uh, sports news. Yep. But before we get going, I, I just wanted to point out uh, today the Mountain West – Announced their all academic honorees. 109 Aggie athletes were spring semester honorees uh, as as all academic uh, Mountain West honorees. And and so, you know, I to me it's always important. These guys go out, guys and gals go out, and really, I mean, I, the schedules that they put in to be as good as they are athletically. Is demanding it as enough as it is, but to sit here and look at 109 of these folks turn around and had a GPO, GPA of 3.0 or better. That's incredible. Is absolutely astounding. That's Second incredible. only to New Mexico who had 120. Uh, so congrats to them. But but to all these student athletes, uh, just great job um, and and uh, way to go and keep up the great work. Absolutely. And, and John Hartwell, or excuse me, Mr. Hartwell's talked about that at nauseum in regards of, yeah. you know, it's student then athlete. And he, he impressed upon the student athletes to, to be students and then athletes. Uh, there's an education that comes with this opportunity to be able to play sports for your, um, for your university, take care of the athletic or excuse me, take care of the academics. The athletics will come after and you'll be all yeah. right. And, it, and, and as I look through the list, I mean, we're not talking about people that are squeaking, and I shouldn't say squeaking because my GPA wasn't that great. You know, we're, we're not talking about people that have 3.0, 3.02s. I mean, I'm, I'm looking through the list, and it's 3.58, 3.78, 3.74. 
Uh, you know, just absolutely astounding. And, and the, the three folks that I found have a 4.0. I, I hate to mention because I don't want to. I don't want to miss anybody out. Uh, leave anybody out. Uh, but uh, Whitney Scablin uh, in public health. She's a member of the women's track and field team. She has a 4.0. Um, uh, you're going to have, see, I, this is why I didn't want to do it. I'm going to screw myself up here. Uh, Stockton Smith, uh, he's in management on the men's track and field team. And there was one more. Uh, Cashley Carter, uh, senior in pre-physical therapy, also on the women's track and field team, 4.0s. I'm going to go through the list one more time because if I miss somebody, I apologize. But but just to the 109, well done. Yeah, Absolutely. Moving on, but staying with the topic of Utah State, Mike Favero has joined Utah State's football staff as an offensive analysis. Now, of course, if you've heard the name Favero, uh, if you ask me if you haven't, then you've been hiding underneath a rock if you've lived in Cache Valley for as long as you have. Uh, he uh, will be returning to the game of football for the first time since retiring as the head football coach at Logan High. Uh, became one of the winningest coaches ever in any sport in the Valley's history. Uh, during his 17 seasons at the helm of the Logan Grizzlies, he won five state championships, eight region, twi- eight region titles, and had an overall record of, dude, 149 wins and 60 losses. Good heck. While at Logan High School, Favero was a recipient of several awards, including the uh, 2018 National Football Foundation College Hall of Fame, Outstanding High School Football Coach, the National Federation of High School Football Coaches, Western United States Coach of the Year, and numerous Coach of the Year accolades for the Beehive State. Uh, he's been national speaker for the Glazier Clinics, teaching, promoting, and inspiring other coaches to improve their skills and love for the game. Now, Favero, who resumes, uh, or excuse me, whose resume includes coaching 12 Utah National Football Foundation Scholar Leader Athletes, coached numerous players that went to play collegially once, uh, uh, once their uh, time at Logan High School was done. Uh, that includes Taylor Compton, Chase Nilton, Jacoby Wildman, and Caden Anderson. Other normal players included Chasen Anderson, Luke Falk, B.J. Larson, D.J. Nielsen, Riley Nielsen. Um, this guy has is a brainiac, a mm-hmm. high, high IQ when it comes to the game of football. I am stunned that it took this long to get this guy onto the staff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more, and, and I think he just – I think it was a matter of when he wanted to do it. Yeah. Uh, I think Take that's nice what it came break. down to. And, uh, and what a great friend of the Full Court Press – uh, every year when he was with Logan High, he was here uh, and, and would just, when I was w- interviewing him with Eric, we'd just sit there and you'd ask him a question, then you'd just sit back. Just turn the mics off and, and just go. say, okay, well, let's have have all your wisdom and knowledge. And, and most importantly, uh, you could tell not only did he love the game, but he loved being around the kids. Uh, we had him in a couple of times in studio with players, and, and it wasn't just, you know, a coach player relationship you could tell that there was a, a sincere uh love of these guys and and love being around them and uh yeah i i agree with you i'm surprised it took this long but i think it was just a matter of when he was ready to go and man utah state awfully lucky to have him and so again his role with the aggies will be offensive analyst offensive analyst which uh for for a guy if you followed logan high school if there's anybody that knows how to run, run an, an offense, offense that's your guy right there. Favero. Yeah, no doubt. Again, Mike Favero, former Logan High Grizzly football coach, has been named as the offensive analyst at Utah State. Once again, they're loading up for a what should be, we hope, uh, an exciting run of uh, Utah State football, including this man, or I guess I mean, these men right here. Three players have been named to the Maxwell Award, and is it, oh, dude, I'm going to butcher this. Benerick, is that right? Award watch list? I meant that. A Chuck Benerick, is that right, dude? Yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just absolutely massacre this one right here. You just did. <laughs> I'm so sorry, <laughs> Utah State football for the live read I'm about to do here. Utah State junior quarterback Jordan Love was named to the 83rd annual Maxwell Award watch list, while senior defensive end Tipa Nalier and junior linebacker David Woodward were both named to the 25th annual Chuck Benerick Award watch list, um, which was announced Monday by the Maxwell Football Club. Uh, of course, Jordan Love. Um, he's one of 80 players to be named to the Maxwell Award watch list, including one of just four Mountain West players. By the way, that includes Hawaii quarterback Cole McDonald, Nevada running back Toa Tawaya, and San Diego State running back 
<laughs> Don't give me that look. Juwan Washington. <laughs> the Maxwell Award, named in honor of Robert W. Tiny Maxwell, has been given to America's College Player of the Year since 1937. Now, Nalier and Woodward are two of 80 players named to the Benerick Award watch list. And two, Utah State is just one of 17 schools nationally to have multiple players recognized joining Listen to this list. Alabama, Clemson, Colorado, Florida, Fresno State, LSU, Miami, Michigan, Michigan State, Mississippi State, Northwestern, Notre Dame, Penn State, Syracuse, TCU, and Utah. Woo. That, that's good company. And and you know what? All this talk about linebacker U, there, there's a certain school uh, here in the state that seems to think they're linebacker U. No, Utah State has been putting out Wait, 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 wait. What school? I'm being serious. What school? BYU. They are. You, dude, BYU's linebackers are. They've put in- some good ones out, but how do you lo- look at this list? Look at the players that have come out of Utah State playing linebacker that are in the NFL right now. For, forget about you've you've get the best defense. You're pissing me off now. No, no, no. Normally, who's, I just who's laugh still at in the you, league now. I am Kyle Van Noy still in the league, and by the way, he's won two Super Bowls. The best linebacker in the NFL right now is Bobby Wagner, who went to wait. Where did he go? Oh, what was the name of that school? Oh, yeah, Utah State. Kyler Fackrell still playing. For, and now that, that, oh, that Matthews my. is out, oh. he's going to get some time. Oh, both geez. Vigil brothers. Both Vigil brothers. Not one, both of them. You've got two guys right now that are on the on the list to be the top defensive player. Not a linebacker, defensive player. Where? Utah State. You've got, you no, just no, no, talked no, about sorry, it. I'm asking where are they at now, though? They're at Utah State. Kyle Van Noy is still playing for the app for the number one team in the NFL underneath a defensive coordinator slash head coach who is absolutely stickler on defensive football. And Kyle Van Noy is still there. That's Starting. one. That's one. Name some more. Name another guy who's won multiple Super Bowls and had a huge wag. Okay, Wagner's won once one Super Bowl. I think okay, but how many has he been to? It's a team game, buddy. It's a team game, buddy. Still, the fact of the matter is Wagner, Fackrell, Vigil, Vigil. These two guys, I'll tell you what, if Woodward keeps it at the rate he's going, oh, he's going to be there, too. Oh, he's a monster. Keep a nolly at you, by the way. I know okay, he's a folks, defensive end. Let me, let me give you Ajay's home phone number, and you can call him, <laughs> abuse him. As a matter of fact, let me tell you what he drives. I'll give you the license plate number. Uh, we just had the derby over the weekend here in, in Cash Valley, oh, which fact, if you went, it was text. amazing. I just had a blast. Text. I want to thank my friends. Said They were awesome. Uh, but if you see Ajay, uh, yeah, <laughs> let some of your inner derby uh, anger come out on him. Be what? Come on. Okay, time we out. Time out. Time out. Time we out. need to go to break. You need an all-defensive team, and you need one spot at middle linebacker taking Van Bobby Noy. Wagner. I'm taking Van Noy in a heartbeat <clears throat> twice on Sunday. Good. Easily. No. What Van Noy does, and he I, able to play the hybrid linebacker spot, is so athletic. I have, is so athletic. I do not disagree. Kyle Van Noy, great linebacker. He's done a good job. But the best linebacker in the NFL, Bobby B-Wags, Wagner. And you know what? Better yet, forget the fans. I'm going to call Al and sick Al on you. No, and he'll, don't call he will Al. Beat down, Keep beat Al you down. out of this conversation. No, no, no. Happy birthday, Al. <laughs> hey, well, while we're at it. Happy birthday to <laughs> Just don't sing again. Just happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear One of the best. One of the best. Happy birthday, buddy. I love that so much. Trying to weasel out of your oh, comment yeah. about it BYU. Worked. It worked. No, I'm, it worked. I'm fired up. All right, coming back, we're going to do uh, our five best. And we're going to do non-conference football games. And then I changed my mind late last night. I called, uh, texted you and said, hey, I've got another idea for it. I'm excited to hear your answers about this category. Uh, we'll give you that category, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, that's all coming up here on the Full Court Press. John Russell, Ajay Salveson on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Man, why are you walking over here? Stop. Don't. John, the fan, taking a break. Now, John, get away. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Hey, 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 hey. 
in 2018, turn my mic on. In 2018, on. Kyle Van Oy, 16 games, had a total of 92 combined tackles. A certain linebacker out of Utah State, affectionately known as B-Wags. Oh, you sound in so 15, in love with this. In 15 you games, sound... a game less, had 138 combined tackles. You look at way the, the way the Patriots play their defense. And look what his job, and I'm speaking of Annoy, his job is. It's different from what Wagner's is. Wagner's is to be aggressive and to go up and make a play. Van Noy's is more of a disguise. And it's and it's because he's weak. He's like, oh, no, over there. He's better than Bobby Wagner will ever be. Are you done? Yes. There you go. End of conversation. I'm not leaving the building with you today because uh, after the lightning strikes and takes you down, then then the Aggie fans look, will look, let look, you look, have look, it. Look, right, Listen, no, I understand. You're an Aggie fan, so you 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 back it up because of that. I love it. It's cute. It's adorable. I love it. I mean, I mean, it is. It's adorable. But I'm saying it based on the fact that what Van Noy can do athletically is better than what Bobby Wagner can do. I'm speechless. I don't. I don't know what I you you said that you look at stats. I don't know what stats you're looking at. Um, let's just go to our what ifs because. I, there were some things I was going to hold back. No, on, no, no. But I, I mean, come on. I'm letting them go. Come on, let's hear it. I mean, really. I, I mean, it really is. It's adorable that you are. I mean, that you are so loyal and supportive. No, it's not. It's it's straight numbers. What do you want me to look at? The guy has had 916 tackles over his eight year NFL career. Excuse me, seven year career. He has played most football games he's rarely out the the shortest season ad was in 14 where he played 11 games still had 104 tackles vanoy i'm i'm not disagreeing with you kyle vanoy a good running a, a good linebacker he's been in the nfl for 6 years only 2 of those years has he started more than 12 games he's never had 100 tackles he has one and two interceptions on his career whereas bobby wagner has uh what does he have he Wagner has nine interceptions over his career. He's a perennial all-star. Yeah, Vanoy has some Super Bowl wins, and, and hats off to him, but it's because of the defense. When you look at the player individually, I don't, I don't, I don't, some, I just don't get you, Ajay. The, the numbers <laughs> I, I, say I all. watch, I watch the film, and I see what Vanoy does on the film. Including the little things. Yeah, he eats a hot dog, gets some popcorn, really, and sits there. Really, under and Bill Belichick's staff, under one of the best defensive coaches to ever coach the game. Yeah, I I didn't think so either. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, four force fumbles. Van always had one. Ooh, difference maker. Five best. Game changer. John Russell. That's right. I am a game changer and a difference maker. (laughs) So you you actually uh, shot me off a text this morning saying, hey, let's change this up. Oh, did I? Yeah. But it's all good. Okay, so we're going to do our five best. We're going to do non-conference games. Instead, we're going to do the best five of what-ifs in sports history. This can include any sport, athlete, individual, or team. I'm excited to do this list. So th- the thing that was interesting for me is is the perspective. Do you look at a big picture kind of cultural change or do you try and look at something individually? You know, you can sit down and and, and the integration of races in sports. That that's huge. Can you imagine if sports were still segregated? Uh, what yeah. would happen? Yeah. What a difference would make. Free yeah. agency. I mean, That's look at free point. You know, free agency. What that did. Kurt Flood uh, in his movement towards free agency in baseball. What what a difference that makes. But I I decided to not go that direction. I wanted to uh, to to kind of look at more specific things. So I, I, I and I have a couple of honorable mentions. That's great because I do too, actually. So that oh man, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant minds are mine and not yours. Um, so uh, the first one is uh, what would have happened if Gary Anderson stuck around at Utah State? Oh man, I this was my honorable mention. Yeah. Uh we go to a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. I absolutely think that we go to a New Year's Six Bowl. That's uh, I wasn't thinking that far. I'm thinking though that we get some of those big wins against okay, the Power Five. Okay, let me fives. ask you this: 
And the season last year where you need one win to get you a host of Mount West Conference Championship game, Matt Wells, I and I love him, but he craps the bed in the in the, in, the, in this huge game. <laughs> Ouch. Does Gary yeah. Anderson help you win that? Because I don't think the players lost it. I yeah. think the coaching lost it. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And I, I think also there was a downturn with Matt. And I don't think you would have had that with Gary. Had Gary stayed here, the trajectory would have just continued to climb. So what if Gary had stuck around? That That's a big I one. I think we see a New Year's Six Bowl game. Yeah. Just saying. Okay. My second uh, what if is uh, this is uh, what if Jonas Jarebko didn't get traded? Jazz <laughs> <laughs> are in the NBA Finals, <laughs> and we are at least competing in six games. Well, according to you, that's the way it is. And my third what if is if Ajay were 6-6 and not 5-6, would the Bla- uh, would the Brown Mamba have dominated the Spectrum floor? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, I on a, and I'm being dead honest with you, I am a really, really good basketball player. I'm just really short, so I can't guard anybody. If you put me a 6-6 with good size and decent athleticism, I mean, I'm some hops. decent athleticism, I'm playing at Utah State University. There you go. That was for you, even though wow, that was your really whole B-Wag... I know. I just got a. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to I see got my a tweet ther- from somebody, and they were not thrilled tonight because that they were not thrilled with me. That was not uh, okay. Let's yours. Go. Okay. So my honorable mention, I had uh, yeah, I had Steph Curry. If if he doesn't get drafted by the Warriors, mm-hmm. are the Warriors the Golden State Warriors of today? Good question. Uh, I also had if <laughs> if Chucky Keaton um, and they beat Ooh. Auburn and he doesn't get injured in that year, how good is Utah State? That season, Oof. I know it's hard because Chucky Keaton was so special. I mean, he was just—I mean, I, I never, I never was around him, but I heard he was a great teammate in the locker room, a great leader on the field, and it was just unfortunate that I mean they lost that tough one to Auburn. He gets hurt. I think there was a six to three loss at BYU. Was that right? Mm-hmm. And it just oh. And I always wonder. I'm getting a little lump in my throat right I now. Know, I know. I know. My heart dropped to my stomach. All right, let's uh, let's get to our five. What's what's your fifth? Okay, my number five is is totally out of right field, and I really wanted to pull it off. That's okay. Back in 2002, the United States men's soccer team made a run in the World Cup where they ended up getting to the quarterfinals, and they lost to to Germany after beating uh, Mexico, and I think it was Portugal. And there was a handball that was not called that would have tied the game up and would have been a red card against Germany, meaning Germany would have had to play the remainder of the game a man down. What would that have done for the men if that penalty had been called? What would that have done for men's soccer? Uh, Whereas now we just finished watching the Women's World Cup. Uh, Never, I've not seen that kind of excitement, uh, you know, about soccer ever. And would that have changed the, the scope and the picture of men's soccer? So that's my number five. I love that. Do you think it does? Yeah. Because I think now all of a sudden you're playing on a bigger stage and you're playing with something that means something, and, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, it, it, how many kids are you going to see on the tennis court tonight and this week just because they watched the Federer yeah. Djokovic matchup? Yeah, I'm with you. I think same thing happens to soccer. You're number five. Kawhi Leonard has won two NBA Finals MVPs. He should have had a third. What if that basketball that, that bounces off the rim? in an awkward manner, and ends up going to Chris Bosh instead of somebody else, which mm. in, in turn goes to Ray Allen's hands, who then in turn hits a three to tie the game, which in turn wins game six, which then goes to game seven, and Heat win it. Yeah. If they win that finals in six games, Kawhi has three NBA finals MVPs, and he's 3-0 and in all of them. But does he even go to Toronto? Yeah, that's, yeah see, that's another so there's question. There's another if. Do Who's they the, uh... bust out? Does does now Golden State or uh, uh, San Antonio become the dynasty? Oh. Well, oof. Oh, yeah, man. That's a good one. Number four. Okay, number four I have Nick Saban was hired by Alabama oh, in 2007. Is this is good. If he does not go to Bama and create the dynasty that he has created, four national championships, right? Four. Yep. Yep. No, five. 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 Yes, it's five. And really, when you look at college football now, it is SEC and everybody else. Clemson's kind of made some inroads, but Clemson doesn't have to go through the schedule that Bama does. Uh, if if Nick Saban does not go to Alabama, where is college football at this point? Do you have super 
conferences? Do you have, you know, do you have Power Five, or is it back to the days where you had, you know, six, seven, eight conferences that were all having a chance to do it? I don't think so. I think Nick Saban has transcended college football to an even higher level. Uh, my number four ends up going to Stu Morrill. If he doesn't, if he decides, you know what, I like the big money I'm getting offering. He leaves Utah State, say Oof. in 2004, 5, 6, or 7. Is Utah State still one of the premier programs in the country with a new head coach? No. Me neither. I, I don't think so. I Me think- neither. Stu was such a special guy, and for all you Aggie basketball fans, I know we're a ways away, uh, but another good season like we had this last year, you better get ready for some changes. Just saying. Oh, that's brutal to think about. Number three. Number three. Uh, What if, back in 1979, Mm. ESPN doesn't come on air? Think about how ESPN has changed the world of sports. Yeah. So much money has gotten thrown out to these conferences. Uh, you think back when the Big West you know, had their, their late night, Monday night games. How was ESPN's doing? You look at all the money that they've thrown around. They, they run football bowls. They, they run television scheduling. What if ESPN were not around? Where would we be? Oh. Number three. I like it. Number three. Uh, in 2006, Logan and Mountain Crest football were both competing in state championships. Logan was in 3A. Mountain Crest was in 4A. Mountain Crest had lost one game that year to Fremont by a field goal. Meanwhile, Logan hadn't lost at all. If they play each other and Logan's a 4A team in the state championship in 2006, Brady Zimmerman <laughs> versus Riley Nielsen, Mark Wooten versus Mike Favero, that Mountain Crest defense versus that high-potent offense of Logan at Romney Stadium... What if? Ooh. By the way, I think they sell that stadium out and mm-hmm. have a bigger attendance than Utah State football had all year that year. Yeah. Ooh, that would have been a good game. Oh, that would have been they a dandy. Sh- they should have had that regardless. Yeah. Oh, I, th- so. I know. I, I still to this day agree with that. Ooh. And you know what? If you ask both crowds, they're adamant that their team would win. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Would have been a great game. Okay, number two. Uh, and, and you see this all the time. What if... In the in the 1984 draft, NBA draft, uh, Kim Elijah was taken number one. Can't argue with that. Number two, Sam Bowie taken by Portland. Number three, Michael Jordan by the oh. Chicago Bulls. What happens if Portland takes Michael Jordan instead of Sam Bowie? They have six championships. Do you think so? Oh yeah. How important Dude. was that relationship between he and uh, Phil Jackson? That was huge, absolutely. But I think Michael could have built a relationship with Rick Adelman just as much as Phil Jackson. But he didn't have a Scottie Pippen. Yeah, he had Drexler. Yeah, that's true. Good point. <laughs> but but still, I I think that there was something for for the the sad thing for Phil Jackson is that his reputation has been tarnished. Because he screwed a couple teams up pretty good. He went to the Knicks, was just an absolute train wreck there. Um, well, the Knicks were a train wreck. They, they were to begin with. But really, he was able to do something special as a coach. People forget he had Dennis Rodman so focused and playing the way he needed to. There weren't all you know. There weren't the wedding dresses and all that madness. Dennis Rodman was the premier rebounder in the game, and I think Phil Jackson was able to do that. He was able to combine that with Jordan, get Jordan to understand a bigger picture. I don't, th- I don't think they get it. That's a great point. You're number two. All right, my number two, Russell, Durant, and Westbrook, or Russell, Durant, and Harden, all in the same team. If they don't split up, Ooh, what do they do? Stay in OKC. Does Golden State have this rivalry with OKC, you know, four straight Western? I mean, I mean, what does it look like? Yeah. What are we staring at? My son showed me a meme the other night, and, and uh, oh. it said – Things it showed the uh, OKC logo and said it's not OK in C anymore. It was just to see. It was awesome. So. All right, we'll get to All our right. number one in here in just a bit. We're going to take a quick break, our final break of the night, and then we'll come back and get our number one from uh, both John and myself. It's the Full Court Press on 1069-1390 in the fan. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Four fifty-four, your time. John Russell, Aljay Salveson on the Full Court Press, 1069-1390 in the fan. Thanks for joining with us here in the final segment throughout the hour. We appreciate you greatly. Uh, our number one what if in sports history, John? Number one, and and uh, you know, tried to look at all sports, but to me, 
Uh, even though not necessarily a huge fan of the team, although they had a couple layers from my beloved University of Arizona Wildcats. Uh, what if Drew Bledsoe does not get hurt oh, and Tom man. Brady oh, continues to ride gosh. the bench? Does does oh, Tom, Bri- Tom Brady become a uh, – oh, I just lost his name. Went Got traded to the Niners, their quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. And I'm not comparing them. No, I'm, but, I'm with you. But does love them or hate them? You have a feeling about about the Patriots. Yeah. And what happens if Bledsoe stays healthy? Does Belichick eventually make that move? Does he eventually pull Bledsoe, who, if you remember at the time, was a very highly sought a uh, yeah. thought of quarterback? Yeah. No. So that's that's my number one. That changed oh, my NFL gosh. football. Yeah. No, I'm with you, and I'm actually kind of along that same line. Um, what if Bill Belichick is not the coach of the Patriots? What if he doesn't quit the day he gets hired by the Jets and decide to move over? Yeah. Tom Brady's Great. on his own probably without Bill Belichick, yeah. and who knows? I mean, will we find out who's actually the better at I mean, is it Tom Brady? That Why they win six Super Bowls? Is it Bill Belichick? I'll tell you this, though. I'll give the pedigree of Bill Belichick before he saw Tom Brady was pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And it includes the list of winning two championships with the Giants. He shut out the Redskins in the NFC Championship. He dominated the Niners in Montana twice. But did he have that special player? So there we go back to the whole Lawrence Phil. Taylor. The, yeah. yeah. But we go back to the whole Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan. No doubt uh, Michael Jordan, arguably the greatest player ever in the NBA. That's oh, another another time, another show. Oh, we could have but, that But one. we could have, you know, great conversation there. But is he so successful if he's not paired up with Phil Jackson? Great NBA coaches out there, but does he get to the level that he does? Yes. Yes. I don't know about Dude, that. Yes, I don't does. know about that. I don't he know about that. He finds a way. Does Belichick, does Tom Brady reach the level that he has no. without Belichick? No. no. Oh, how no. can you? No. Oh, yeah. my goodness. He we, doesn't. Thank goodness. It's I'll a be different back. sport. That's another show. John Russell, Audrey South, and Full Court Press. Good night, everybody. We'll see you on Tuesday. Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Men's tennis hasn't been a hot sport in the United States for a while, maybe because Americans aren't serious contenders. But the men did put on a show yesterday at Wimbledon. Novak Djokovic beat Roger Federer in a five-set thriller, and it couldn't have been more dramatic. First of all, we've never had a five-set tiebreaker at 12-12. Players used to keep going in the fifth set at Wimbledon. They changed that rule this year. Then Djokovic became the first player in 71 years to be down match points to come back and win. His 16th major. The 37-year-old Federer has 20. For comparison, the United States' Pete Sampras has 14. Even if men's tennis isn't part of the national conversation, we can all appreciate greatness. An incredible era. Then you throw in Rafa Nadal, three historic players. If you're a tennis fan, you'll remember where you were yesterday. If not, maybe it provided a reminder of just how tense and how exciting and how great the sport of tennis can be. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.